welcome to the Owners Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Prue Chapman, and I'm here to help you build a better business. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to grow your global empire, this is the place for you. My mission here is to inspire and educate a new wave of business owners. Business owners that value purpose and planet equally with profit and projections so that we can truly use business as a force for good. Here, I'll be sharing real-time, real-world strategies that I've learned from mentoring over 15,000 businesses. We'll be covering everything from entrepreneurial mindset and marketing right through to leadership, finances, growing your team, and everything in between. Most importantly, I'll be helping you build the business that's right for you. To get started, download my free guide to starting and scaling your business at theownerscollective.com forward slash start and scale. Hello, hello, and welcome back, friends. Today, we're going to be talking all things good leadership as part of our Future Leaders series. And we have an incredible leader with us today, and that is Sheree Rubenstein, the founder of One Roof, which is a community of female leaders and founders. Now, something I recently found out is that Sheree herself is a corporate lawyer turned entrepreneur and also known as the queen of community. And she has created an absolutely incredible community that has a smorgasbord of offerings on hand to support women's growth. It's really incredible. It's incredibly inspiring and very, very fast growing at the moment. Sheree, welcome to the show. Thank you, Prue. Absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I know that we're going to have some fun today. Now, as I mentioned, your community is very fast growing at the moment. So you have obviously led teams, you're leading people, you're leading a community. So I want to dive straight in and uncover some of the pearls of wisdom uh, that you have for leadership and also what you've discovered about yourself along the way. So to kick us off, I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about One Roof and what you do there, just so everyone understands. Sure. So One Roof is a digital membership and community for entrepreneurial women, um, female female business owners and leaders. We used to be a co-working business and operator, but thanks to COVID, we pivoted, shifted everything virtually and now run it as yeah, an, an entirely online network, um, you know, professional private network for entrepreneurial women. And as you mentioned, providing that full suite of business support, coaching, masterclasses, with amazing guest speakers like yourself, um, you know, uh, peer-led coaching circles and access to industry experts and PR and, and all of it. So we really hope that our members turn to us and go and, and know that we're almost like an extension of their business and when they need something, we're their first point of contact to get that, that support. Um, and we have about 1,000 members across Australia and a few globally. Which is absolutely incredible. And to build this, I mean, I love that you mentioned that there was a pivot there and I want to dive into that in just a minute um, because it is the time for it. And I think, you know, it's something that you and I would have both experienced, I'm pretty sure, that when certainly when I started my business, which I think was about 12 years ago now and I started working for myself, like there just wasn't communities out there, particularly in Australia, for female-led business owners. Like it just wasn't existing. And now it's almost becoming sort of like a norm, which I absolutely love because people are really understanding just the benefit that can be gained from the support of a community. And then you throw in, like you said, all of those things like coaching and, you know, expert advice. And I mean, I even love that you have a journaling session because I think journaling is so powerful. It was something that was mentioned on the masterclass that I ran with you guys um, last week. So just a smorgasbord of offerings there, which is very, very cool. Now, I was hoping you could also let us know, because we are focusing on leadership here, and I think 
like many things in business, it can be intimidating sometimes for people that are newer in business to look at someone like yourself who's been, you know, doing this for a little while now and feel a little bit intimidated by leadership as well. Like, how do I go from here to there? So can you just give our listeners like a little bit of background about how long you've been in business as well? And maybe just mention a few of those pivot points. Mm, Sure. So I've been in business seven years. As you mentioned, I was corporate lawyer working at a top, top tier law firm. And then with this just passion for wanting to support women in business, left my corporate job, started One Roof. It started as a co-working business and it started, you know, I work in a very scrappy kind of incremental, lean, low budget way. Like it's always just been, let's throw something out there, see what happens and then grow from there. So I, I, I was never fully clear on the business model. And over time, it kind of had presented itself to me and I wanted to build this co-working empire for women-led businesses. Um, And so, yeah, for four years, I managed a space in Melbourne, like right on the edge of the CBD. And that became the leading co-working operator um, for women in Australia with this this huge space and community and events and everything going on. But yeah, then um, when COVID hit and I'd raised capital and had big plans to grow it. And I was watching the wing in the US and wanting to create a kind of women's club version that was more Australian. Um, and then when, when COVID hit, I just lost all confidence in the business model. Um, I had a team. I had no work for the team. Like it was kind of just I, I'd become a mum the first week into lockdown. And so I had a, an advisor of mine just say to me, Sheree, everybody's on Zoom, everyone's online. You just need to rebuild the community and the membership and, and, and kind of start again. So I've been running One Roof for seven years, but I feel like I literally started the business all over again two years ago. Wow. Great insight from your advisor that was, um, you know, could just give you the lowdown from the get-go. I mean, that's some pretty good foresight right there. I cried when she said it because oh, I was I bet. <laughs> so tired and I was like, no, I can't do it. And she's like, Cherie, come on, you've just got to start, start somewhere, redo the website, get some revenue going, get some members and let's see what happens. And I knew she was right. Mm. And from the last time that we connected and we spoke face-to-face up here up north, you were loving the journey online. Mm, absolutely. And it's just been a complete life change for me, um, you know, being able to be a mom, work from home, and then also to connect with women across the country without having, and even globally, without having the barrier of or the limitations of physical bricks and mortar space. Bricks and mortar is a very challenging business model. Um, and Prue, you will have your own experience and insight there. And so, and I was never passionate about selling office space. So I was in this business wanting to prove that I could be a leading co-working operator for women. But the reality was I love working with women. I love building community. I love connecting and supporting, but I, I never loved selling office space. And that was where all my attention was going. So um, I'm, yeah, very it was, it felt like a massive failure at the time, massive. And I know my investors, you know, think, well, she didn't quite achieve what she set out to do, but in the same breath, it's just been um, a blessing in disguise for me and my life and how I can better serve and support women and build this business. 
Absolutely. And to continue that vision when the whole world literally was turned upside down. And I 100% back you there about the challenges that we have with physical spaces. Um, It's like, I remember once my friend Tess Robinson saying to me, we're talking about hair. And she said, sometimes I feel like my hair wears me. I've got so much of it. And that kind of was the feeling of the physical space. I'm like, I feel like, like I'm serving it instead of it serving me at the moment. So I do understand that challenge. And just, you know, online, it is so, it's quick and it's exciting and the reach of it is so much further and greater as well. So I guess in line with that kind of thinking, could you give us a bit of a um, overview of who's on your team at the moment? So um, that might be your internal staff or and or if you're working closely with contractors on a regular basis as well. Yeah, sure. So the team did change because of COVID and the fact that we then weren't building a co-working business. And so there wasn't really work for the team. So um yeah, I, you know, supported a lot of uh, a lot of our staff and team members to then find other work and, um, you know, yeah, support them during during that kind of very crazy lockdown period, especially because most of our team was based in Melbourne. So now we've really been rebuilding. We've got three staff, um, including on a permanent basis, including myself. We've got two virtual assistants who assist with, um our bookkeeping and finances and yeah all all the the, um, financial zero bookkeeping stuff and then we also have two contractors um, who yeah we kind of work closely with Um, so yeah it's a it's a very lean team we do most of the work remotely the virtual assistants are in um, the Philippines and um, yeah so uh it but yeah it's it's working it works really well and it's amazing having the flexibility and no one's actually well I'm working full-time but my other two permanent staff are not and so you know one's based in Sydney two of us are in Melbourne I was in Byron Bay for a couple of years so yeah there's it's um I'm loving this ability to be able to have a remote workforce and bring people together but not have to be in the same place all the time and not have an office I absolutely agree. I think the flexibility that online working gives you and that there just is the systems to support that now as well. Even with things like zero, you know, online accounting didn't exist for a long time. So simple as that, but also, you know, we're obviously recording this on Zoom at the moment and to have that lean team, I think, you know, there are parts of um, the pandemic that we've been through that has just smartened us up around business. And I think it's the businesses with the really big and cumbersome headcounts that maybe weren't completely essential have really felt that pretty hard. So, So um, I do like to cover that off because I think as well, you know, for communities that you're speaking to and I'm speaking to as well, um, it's smart to know that, I mean, even looking at one roof, you can have this incredible engagement and outreach and offering and not have to have a huge team behind it. If you've got, you know, really great teams that are set up well and you have the systems to support it, you know, I'm a huge fan of streamlined systems. So having that behind it, then you don't, your team doesn't actually need to be massive. Absolutely. And like, you know, most of us these days don't have the ambition and aspiration to build big teams and have offices. Like we actually see that it can be done very differently now and we're all better off as a result. Absolutely. Reverse engineering it. So this is the life that I want to live. And it doesn't look like going to spending, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week in an office and taking on all the external pressures that a big team involves. But instead, this is what I want my life to look like. And this is the business model and the team that can fit into it. So just a smarter way of doing things. All right. 
bringing us back to point here, because I feel like you and I could yak all day. Um, I'd love to dive into who your first hire was and how it went. Yeah, so my first hire was a woman who was a One Roof member. She was um, working for a not-for-profit that was working out of our co-working space. Um, And it just kind of happened. It was like, hmm, maybe I need like a community manager to help me manage the space. Um, And she was there and we were talking a lot and, you know, it, it. I didn't do a position description. I didn't go out to market. I didn't recruit for the role. It was just she was kind of there and the first person and it felt right and she put her hand up for it and we went for it. She worked with us for hmm, two years, maybe more, two and a half years. Um, and then she was, and then she decided to go traveling overseas for a year. So it, it was, it was um, perfect at the time. Like it was just amazing to have somebody who understood the community and everything that I was creating to be on the inside. And I didn't have to go through this whole recruitment process. Um, and so she jumped into it really quickly, took on the role, absolutely loved it, learned a lot. And then it's put her in amazing stead for, she, she now works at a different company and absolutely loves it. And, um, yeah, so, but has been connected in with the community this whole time for the last kind of five years that she's been, six years that she's been involved. Wow. Incredible. That's such a great story. I love asking that question because it can go one of two ways. It's usually either an absolutely dreadful disaster or it goes smashingly well. So I'm glad that it ended up as the latter for you. Mm. I will add, I have had, um, you know, I've hired lots of different people in my time, probably about 10 in total, not at once, but over the years of building One Roof. And um, I have had a, a couple of hires that weren't right. And it's very, very interesting when you look back and you wonder, how did I, how did I make a hire that wasn't right? And I think often it comes back to um, doing it in haste and thinking that it's got to be done really quickly. And, you know, we had a community manager leaving. And so I was very quickly looking for the next one and, um, just kind of not reading all of the signs. Um, and that then, yeah, led to a very obvious hire that wasn't right. Mm, that's a great little nugget for all of our listeners to hear there. It's something that I do talk about a lot, the importance of clarity on what you're building and taking the time to hire the right person as well. And it's completely normal to hire in haste because that's what we're doing. We need someone right now and it's totally normal, but it typically doesn't go well. So thank you for balancing out your extraordinary first hire with also, you know, a couple of hiccups along the way. Hey friends, I'm jumping in here for a quick minute to let you know that in April, I'll be launching my brand new leadership program. Designed for future thinking founders, the One Wild Ride Leadership Program will help the next generation of change makers and innovators use business as a force for good. This program is for big and small businesses and over eight weeks, we'll be getting super practical on how to embed impact into your business and the nitty gritty of building your team, like hiring and retaining the right people, developing a courageous culture and sharing your message with the world. You'll learn how to lead with clarity and confidence for your people, the planet and your company profit. To find out more and register for the waitlist, either head over to our website or the link in our Insta bio at Owners Collective. Alrighty, let's get back to the show. 
with all of that, I guess a fitting next question is what has your greatest lesson in leadership been so far? Um, I would say for me, I learned even before becoming a business owner, the importance of vulnerability and, you know, we can draw on Brené Brown and Prue, I think you talk about um, Brené Brown quite a bit and a lot of us follow, you know, a lot of what she says and does. And I guess having worked in corporate law at a top tier firm, I felt that leadership and vulnerability didn't go hand in hand. And I really felt that, it didn't bring out the best in people to create a culture where everybody felt like they had to be perfect and it was a very rigid, structured environment all of the time. And a lot of people I knew working in the corporate world, especially in the legal world, were suffering with anxiety and imposter syndrome and all of these um, challenges, but they couldn't be open about it. And so I just made it my mission from the moment I started as a business owner and started One Roof that I felt as a leader of my team and also as somebody who is, you know, a public speaker and, and kind of leads the community and talks a lot about women in business and, you know, what women need, I just feel vulnerability is um, the most important kind of attribute or the most um, crucial element to a really good leader. And it's it's not about as a leader always having the answer and that everybody turns to you and you need to know exactly what's going on. And it's not about turning up to, you know, your team every day, telling everyone that everything's perfect and great and you've got your shit together. It's like actually sharing when things are going wrong, when there's challenges, when there's problems and bringing your team on that journey with you to help you through it. Like I turn to my team and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this and here's what's going on. And I see what their response is. So I think vulnerability is just like that's number one for me. Mm, that's uh, such great advice there. And I continue to work with a mentor. I've always got mentors around me. And one of my mentors, um, I remember him explaining to me recently, you know, vulnerability, it really is just being your true self. So that includes the highs and the lows and the challenges, but it's, you know, not necessarily about sharing all of your tears and your woes, but just, just authentically showing up as who you are and what you're feeling in the world. So I guess leading on from there, another question that I love to ask leaders is, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? And how has that played out in your leadership? Mm, I am absolutely 100% an extrovert. I went through a period where I thought maybe I'm an introvert and I read Susan Cain's book called Quiet and I, yeah, thought maybe, but I realised I am a complete extrovert. I get energy from being around other people. Um, and so how that plays out in the way that I lead and in my teams is that I love talking out ideas and challenges with my team, with people around me. I'm not someone who can go and be by myself to work out a problem. I actually need to discuss problems with others in order to come to a resolution and to see things from a different perspective. So I think that works really well in terms of how I bring the team together and team meetings and bring team members on the journey with me, um, you know, and creating space for, for everyone to kind of share how they're feeling and what's going on for them. Um, and, and of course, I always have to think about and balance that with not everybody is extroverted and it's really important to bring on, especially in what we're doing, team members who are different to you because 
our members are very different and our membership needs to be able to serve people who are extroverted, people who are introverted, people who are all different, you know, kind of from everything. And so, yeah, I do think about that a lot in the hirings, the, to, to, you know, to think about how to have a really well-rounded team that attracts different personality types and energies. Mm, sage advice. Um, now, what three qualities would you consider essential for leadership? Yes, there's so many that I could say here. I think, um, Prue, you said a lot of just amazing, valuable information in the masterclass that you ran for One Roof and that just, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot actually. Um, I think, okay, so three qualities are, I already mentioned vulnerability. I don't need to kind of go into it again, but I think, you know, the vulnerability and courage to share, to, to talk about the challenges and not think that you need to show up every day as a leader who has your full shit together and knows the answer to everything. I, I don't think that is the point of leadership. Um, I think the second is really to take ownership, to take ownership when mistakes are made, to take ownership if, you know, so if, if someone in your team is not understanding something, it's not necessarily that they're not understanding it, it's ownership about how you're communicating and whether you can communicate it differently and better. Um, and, and, you know, I think, and you brought this up a lot in the um, masterclass, the creating space to, to give and receive feedback. And I think that is just crucial to the whole makeup of creating courageous, awesome, effective um, team cultures. The third is just really understanding your team members and what motivates them. So taking the time to ask those questions, to learn the environment where they work best. Don't just assume that the way you work is the way that all of your team members are going to work. Some might want to be, you know, be comfortable to talk in teams and talk on the spot and come up with ideas. Other people need space and time to work through it. Some people need to be really structured. Some people don't need any structure. Um, and some people are motivated by money. Some people are not motivated, you know, motivated by purpose and impact. And so really understanding what motivates and drives every single person in your team, I think is crucial and creating space to have those conversations. Wow, so much great advice there. And the space, I feel like the space is so important, allowing that space for two-way feedback. And I guess it feeds into the vulnerability as well, that if you really are going to step up and be accountable for your own leadership, then you have to be open to feedback on your leadership as well, which is like, you know, you can throw up a little bit in your mouth about it the first time, but then, you know, it's it's where the real growth comes from, is from feedback and figuring out how to do things better. So if you could give early stage leaders one piece of advice what would it be I would say get out of the way I think I think as um leaders founders entrepreneurs we can often be perfectionists obsessive over how things need to be done the structure the way something's done the way an email's crafted the you know way we deliver on a product or service and it doesn't allow for your team to make mistakes and to take the ownership themselves. And so um, I think 
there is just nothing better. And I've had to remind myself of this over and over again and, and continue practicing it is just to get out of the way and to be there to guide and support. And you have to be there for your team, but to kind of lead from behind and lead from the back and lead as a, as a guide and a mentor, as opposed to like leading from the front and thinking you need to be on the stage. Um, and also again, something that crew you spoke about a lot, which really resonated with me is just, it is a journey of constant self-inquiry. Like you, if you're not doing the work on yourself, you cannot be there to support others. And so just know for the rest of your life, honestly, whether you're a leader or not, you should be doing this, but it should be a life of personal, professional development and constant self-inquiry. Here, here. That is, I, I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Awesome. Well, Sheree, thank you for sharing all of your pearls of wisdom. That was an absolute cracker. And I love that you've been through, you know, that you're willing to pivot and change with the environment and what that means for One Roof and what your members actually need. And I think that's a true credit to leadership as well in that you can listen, you can change and you can move in different directions with what the world actually needs from you, which I think is really important for for us to listen to as well. So I guess to close us out, um, what's coming up from you? What's going up from One Roof and how can people get involved? Yeah, well, we've got our International Women's Day um, event coming up next week, depending on when you release this podcast um, episode. But then beyond that, we've got our Unspoken Conference in May. We ran it last year. It's a virtual um, conference talking about unspoken conversations and topics affecting women in business that we really just don't talk enough about. So that's a week-long virtual conference. In September, we're doing a Women in Tech Summit, again, virtual as well. So there's lots of events and um, conferences and kind of great opportunities to get involved in these deeper conversations. And then, of course, we have our membership and our community is growing. And so if you're interested, if you're looking at starting a business, if you're building a business and you're just looking for a network and for support, I think the biggest the greatest thing I know I've received in my life as a business owner and in my career has been a network and, and really tapping into that network. And so I would say if you're looking for a network to help you grow your business and your ideas and elevate you, please come and talk to us and sign up to our membership and we'd love to meet you. Awesome. And I'd highly encourage everyone get over to the One Roof um, website because there's tons, great websites, tons of information there. And there's literally something on every single day. So if you are an extrovert and you're leading a business or you're just starting a business and you know that you need that connection that we've been talking about, there's literally something you can show up to every single day. You can be journaling, you can be getting mentored, you can have a masterclass, like it's a smorgasbord. So um, yeah, you're doing a bang up job there at One Roof, Cherie. And I just hope everyone does head over and check it out. So I think it's great what you're offering. So thank you so much for your time yet again. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what's ahead for you and for One Roof. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you never want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. I'm also dropping some juicy business building tips on Instagram. So head over to at Owners Collective to join in the fun. And finally, folks, if you're hungry for a deep dive into the entrepreneurial story behind some of the best businesses around, be sure to listen to my other podcast, One Wild Ride, where we talk all things good business, positive impact and epic adventures with the most inspiring entrepreneurs around.